Oh, have you have you written the thing? Because I was no, just going to wing gonna it. No, I'm just going to do the intro. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. We can't do the the, the bog standard intro. This is a special one. That's true. It needs like a special intro that I really should have prepared for. Benjamin, do a special intro for this special first ever bonus episode about a current in cinema film at time of recording. Uh, hello and welcome to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast. Uh, it's me, Ben, and him, Rob, and we're talking about No Time to Die, twenty fifth Bond film in cinemas now. Do, 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 do. I'm going to cut all that out. Don't worry about it. Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny! You are a sad, strange little man. He's going to let it. Don't fail me again. So this is a special bonus episode because we couldn't, in good conscience, include a chat about No Time to Die. And I think you do have to chat about the spoilers in No Time to Die. It's It's one of those films that sort of insists upon further discussion but you can't really get into it in things so we didn't want to so so you got the four you got the four in the one pod and then this is a separate bonus one um that you can listen to once you've seen the dang film and i hope you have because uh why why do you be listening to a podcast about it yeah i mean there will there will be like complete spoilers throughout so yeah you want to see the film spoiler free don't listen to us until you've seen it I'm glad you added that little qualifier at the end there. Just don't listen in fact, to it. In fact, download it and have it waiting for you for as soon as you come out the cinema to play it so you can hear a hot take. Yeah, on the drive home yep. or, you know, Train whatever. Train walk home. Yeah, exactly. On the journey home. Yep. You can listen to us. And your journey through life. Okay. We're losing energy already. I thought I'd sort of G'd us up with my sort of... Whoa, yeah, entry. which you then follow by, yeah, I'm going to cut this. <laughs> but I said so, that about everything. So it's really hard to muster enthusiasm. I think you just said, I'm going to cut it. I know, but how many times have I said that and that's ended up in the podcast? I'll just put that down to you being lazy. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Well, I wasn't too lazy to go and see No Time to Die. Ah, see how it teed you up there? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I saw this uh, release date, which was the... Th- 30th September, sort of the IMAX, which was cool because some of it was filmed with IMAX cameras. And Rob, you saw it a little bit more recently. Yes. I really enjoyed it. I want to hear what you think and then we'll have a big old chat about it. Okay. I, well, I mean, I would like to add No Time to Die, released in 2021, directed by Kari Joji Fukuyanga, uh, written by Neil Purvis. Sorry? Fukunaga. Fukunaga. I can't read what I'm writing. Written by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, uh, Fukunaga, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Music by Hans Zimmer. Starring, returning cast, Daniel Craig as James Bond, Leia Sadu as Madeline Swan, Ben Wisher as Q, Ralph Fiennes as M, Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter, Naomi Harris as Money Penny, Christoph Waltz as, spoilers, Blofeld, and then new cast, Rami Malek as Safin, Lashana Lynch as, as Nomi, and Anna de Armas as Paloma. The plot is, James Bond has left active service. His piece is short lived when Felix Leiter, an old friend from the CIA, turns up, asking for help, leading Bond onto the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Yep. Yep. And we couldn't even say our catchphrase hooray for physical media. Because it's not out yet. It will be. I mean, you'll have, what, your your latest Bond 25 box set. I'm not going to get the box set again. Until it's all in 4K. I mean, yeah. But, like, 
no, I'm just I've may have pre-ordered the steel book. So hooray, physical media. I have actually, I would say actually watching the the Craig ones has made me sort of consider getting some sort of box set to watch the old ones. You should, man. I mean, yeah. well, I saw them years ago. Yeah, there are lots of terrible ones, but the good ones are ridiculously good, and they're they're sort of interesting time capsules. So you liked this movie, I assume? Oh yeah, you've taken my, yes, I, I, yes, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. It's yeah. the first time I've seen it in the cinema since the before times, uh, which I think the last time we saw it in cinema has meant, as we mentioned before, Star Wars Nine. So Oof. I'm pretty glad I, you know, now the last time I saw it in cinema was No Time to Die. Yeah, which I'm quite pleased with. Yeah, that's sort of cleansed the palate hasn't it no, i thoroughly enjoyed it and i'm sort of pleased now there's a nice pattern to the the, the craig bond films good bad good bad good mm. yes and ending strong which is uh which is definitely a good thing so i mean obviously we had all the delays there was that whole thing with danny boyle um, well, it was first going 20 april 2019 like before all the pandemic and anything like that yeah and then it was late, but I I genuinely think it's it's paid off. I think this is really really good. I think this is. I mean, I I will talk about the final ranking at the end because yeah. obviously that's what everyone's tuning in for. They want to know two idiots' opinions on some Bond films. That should be the name of our podcast. We'll stick with the popcorn bucket for now. So yeah, I, but it it is it is a damn good one, and I was relieved. I think relieved is probably the word because. Having watched Spectre again, and it just it was it was just like taking a shower in cold piss. I don't mind Spectre. I don't dislike it as much as you as you did. Um, I'm fairly sure it ends up in the same ranking, but I don't dislike it as much as you. I just feel that the Blofeld reveal, well, the Blofeld reveal is kind of something. I think it's the brother and the shoehorning in of trying to force uh, Skyfall to be part of this Spectre quantum plan. Yeah, that kind of cheapens it for me. Well, it just it just doesn't hang together. Yeah, uh, yes, you know, it, it sort of starts you questioning, like the, I guess the logic, and then it, yeah, it sort of unravels. I, I guess most films unravel when you start to think about them too much. But but weirdly, yeah. No Time to Die actually kind of makes sense yes. of that sort of stuff. It it is it is a proper capper in the fact that it's sort of. It, it it ties off some of those loose ends. What I was I, I didn't remember at all about Spectre was uh, Madeline Swan talking about a man coming to her house. I thought that was neat, yes. And yeah. so this film opens with that. So in the opening bit, I don't know if you noticed, um, so it's when Madeline is, is, is young and waiting for her dad, Mr. White, uh, mm. to, to come home. And then as she describes Inspector, a man breaks in and she shoots him. Mm. Um, she's watching Wallace and Gromit The Wrong Trousers. Yeah. And it's quite prominent on the screen. So I was yeah. trying to work out, like, is that a clue? Where is it going? Because does somebody dress up as a chicken at some point? Yeah. Will Daniel Craig have, will, will there be some trousers in from Q Branch? But I can't quite see the link yet. There's nothing on a train where they're building a track. <laughs> I think. I did spend a lot of the time watching it trying to work out where there was going to be a link. I think it was just like a neat thing that she was, an age appropriate thing that she was watching, yeah. you know. I mean, you haven't seen you haven't seen Black Widow, have you? Yes. Oh, you have. Yes. They're watching a bit of Ducktales. I mean, did you did you feel that there were some plot hints in that? No, but then I don't know Ducktales as well as I know um, Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> so no, I mean, it's it's tempting to look for deeper meaning. Yep. 
but I think it was just nice because it was a British thing, and you know, yeah, you, you, you can't get much more British. Than but also, it was a flashback, so I guess that was. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's sort of like time and age yes. appropriate. Yeah. So, yeah, and I thought it was a really creepy scene. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was well, like I think anything out of like a, a horror like movie, a, like a masked villain, is always quite, um, uh, yeah, creepy. Yeah, and and I like the fact that that was the thing, Inspector. Like, I didn't remember her talking about it in such detail, keeping a gun under the sink by the bleach, and that's exactly what's in the intro of No Time to Die. Yeah. So that that is that is some good continuity there. Yeah. And yeah, the 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 sort of Safin's kabuki mask, that's disquieting. I I I felt like a proper chill. But I thought I thought, ooh, don't like I'd like them ordinarily, obscuring the face of a gunman, less so. I could say that about most masks. I think. So yeah, it it's a it's an intense opening and it's so weird because I I swear I again I I saw this a little while ago. Um, we don't get the the credits for ages. No, so it goes. Yeah, I've, I felt like that watching the film. That yeah, I don't know whether it is the longest. It's, it's definitely a long time before you get the before you get the credits. So you have the flashback, and then you it goes into the present day. Well, sort of kind of just after Spectre, mm. where um, Bond and Swan are. Uh, sort of, I guess, retiring or, or, or on a tour anyway, and they go to visit Vesper's grave. In the village they're staying in, people are setting fire to things uh, as a sort of as, as a festival, and it's a festival of um, burning sort of secrets and promises and things, and just as we're yeah. starting afresh. Letting go of the past. Yeah, so Madeline writes about the masked man and burns it and throws it out of the window on a, on a piece of paper, and Bond writes something and then goes to Vesper's grave, and it, he's written, Forgive Me, which is interesting, because up until that point, all the talk has been about him forgiving her, but actually he wants forgiveness from her for failing to save her and letting yeah. her down, which I thought was an interesting take. I, I like that. Yeah, um, I, I I thought that, that was that was a genuinely sort of affecting touch. I thought mm. like he's come full circle on the on the whole thing now. Yes. And yeah, uh, yeah so forgive me because he, he just he's wasted all that time kind of feeling guilty. Like yeah. he didn't need to forgive her. Yeah. Because I guess he had done it by the end of Quantum of Solace. Who he hadn't forgiven was was himself. Yeah, but forgive me. Yeah, it, it's that that was very sweet. Mm. And then that moment is fucking blown apart by the grave. Yep, it was Vesper from beyond the grave. She wanted revenge, and she used her ghostly powers to blow up the kind of thing. That's no, not true. Uh, it was is clearly a a, a a spectre plot. One thing I meant to add into the Spectre conversation, actually, about the Blofeld reveal is it was very much, you know, um, I killed the dog too. It was Blofeld all along. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You then got a chase up and down the streets uh, on... Okay, it's it's a bit more epic than that. Just chase up and down the streets. I imagine that's kids playing that's on true. a warm summer's eve. <laughs> like, that's not... <laughs> we have a pulse-pounding action sequence, Rob. Thank you. You know what it doesn't have? What? It doesn't have cars down steps. That no. make it a better action sequence. It has a bike up the steps. And I, it, I was like, yeah, a bike up the steps is cool, but what would make it better would be if it was a car going down. <laughs> and this is why I should be on hand to help direct the next next time. I'd be like, we've made this great scene. I'm like, you know what it needs? Turn it, turn it, go around, go back down the steps, but in a car, not a bike. Yeah. Yeah, change the entire geography of the scene. Yep. Just so I can get my rocks off. 
Yep. Yeah. And to be honest, I imagine that's what a lot of creatives are like in the filmmaking industry. You know, it is just, just to satisfy their own weird personal urges. So, yeah, it doesn't have cars down steps, no. but it does have a very, very cool sequence. This this Bond, Craig's Bond, spent a lot of time on uh, bikes. Yes, I noticed. yes, and over rooftops as well. Yes, on, on those, but, like, not a proper motorbike. We're talking the shitty kind of motocross ones, you mm. know, the dirt bike things. So, yeah, lots of those. You yeah. get the DB5. Love the DB5. So, joking aside, the, the bike chase is cool. Like, oh the, no, the, it is. It is. The the whole thing is really well done. And the, and the speed in which he tears around the streets is is incredible. Yeah, it it it's seriously cool. And that was the thing. It was just like it was properly shot as well. Whereas with Spectre, and this isn't just going to be a fucking another feature length dump on Spectre, but like Spectre had, as I said, what is on paper a spectacular helicopter sequence. Hmm. But the way it was shot and the way it was edited, I just wasn't getting a feel for how good it was. This, like, it's just shot better. <laughs> it's just shot better. So, so it's kind of you've you've got that's those sort of winding streets, the kind of people around every corner, and Bond having to kind of negotiate through all that is exciting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. an, an exciting action sequence. How novel from this series at this point in time. Then, as you say, the, the, the Aston Martin is, is surrounded by all the henchmen. Mm. Um, and by this point, Bond is pretty cross with Madeline, who he thinks has betrayed him and blown up Vesper's grave. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's what I like, is, is the fact that he's sort of... That's that's his damage right there, is not trusting anyone. Yes. And and he's, he's kind of more angry at himself. But you know, he's just like, no, she betrayed me. This is this is absolutely it. Yeah, the, where they're just sitting there, and and he's just staring at her, and she's oh. saying, do something as they're just shooting at the windows, and yeah, I guess the bulletproof the bulletproof glass is getting more and more riddled with bullet holes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a great sequence. Mm. I mean, I know I've been seeing a lot, you know, shown a lot in the trailers over the years, but that that is cool the way he gets out by sort of doing a donut whilst firing out the lights. Yeah, they've they've he, he's upgraded the guns. They were just yeah. it, it, Q has definitely had a tinker with those guns because they were just like single barreled ones each side, and now they're like mini guns. So so that's good. More death. I'm for it. Yeah. So I mean that that's it. They're like genuinely exciting kind of thing. And then Bond sort of he does believe her once she says that she didn't betray him, but he's like we're we're just being chase now you have to get on a train and i, I yeah. couldn't never see you again she does clutch her stomach for some reason as well it's because she had a burrito you didn't see there was a scene where she got something from a market stall yep uh you probably were too busy looking for cars going down steps to notice or trying to think of the deeper meaning inside Wallace and Gromit. I've said before that there's no way to watch a film incorrectly, but Jesus Christ. I try my best. Yeah, you're really pushing it, pal. Yeah, she clutches her stomach. I think it's just anxiety. It's probably just yeah. a bit of gas. It will subside in time. And title sequence. I love the Billie Eilish song. I do as well. It's great. Yeah. I'd actually hold, uh, held off and listened to it because I know it was kind of released, I guess, just before it was postponed. You know, the first time I think so it's been it's been out there for probably like a year and a half or so um but I, I thought it was fantastic yeah she's got that sort of voice which 
she sounds like she's a lot older than she is. Yeah. Which, in a good way, I mean, like, sort of that sort of weathered kind of experience yes, voice. Yes. And it's all talking about betrayal and and all that. And she sounds, and again, in the best possible way, but she sounds pained. It's a vulnerable kind of sad song. It's not um, as bombastic as, uh, as Adele's one, is it? No. Or, or as spectacular as Sam Smith's one. That song did win the Oscar as well. Yeah, yeah I know. And it's, it, it's a fucking travesty. <laughs> the only bit I can remember from the title sequence is th- there's a load of guns firing at each other. So it looks like uh, a DNA strand because violence is in Bond's DNA. Yeah. <sighs> is that the sound of the gun or is that the sound of your mind blowing? Mind blowing. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's a very, very cool sequence. And uh, and I do like yeah that 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 is the most striking image the guns firing at each other and the sort of the, the fire making the the strands of the DNA very very cool I think that's my boy Daniel Kleiman again decline if he's not going by that he should <laughs> that's right, a no, it, yeah ex- okay well you know it's ever since I found out Idris Elba DJ's under the name Big Driss yes I love that. I want to call him Big Driss all the time. Anyway, that's beside the point. Or is it? No, Idris Elba's a bit too old to be Bond now, I think. But he would have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so back to No Time Tight. Yeah, it's a fantastic track. Fantastic kind of title sequence. As I said in the previous one, Daniel Craig is the best Bond as far as I'm concerned. And he, yeah, he, yeah. This, was, this was undoubtedly his last one. So I was like, please, just go out with a bang and not a whimper. Like, we really need this to be a good one. And, and yeah, and and these elements just falling into place, I just, I kind of just got swept along. I and mean, this is the thing. I mean, a lot has been made of the admittedly rather punishing runtime of two hours, 43 minutes, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like it, though. No, I wasn't. And I wasn't bored. No. At any point, you know, I wasn't thinking, oh, this is dragging on a bit. Like, I was, I was fucking in sync with the movie, you know? I was just, it just, nothing existed outside of the movie. It, 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 it had me. And, and that's, that's exactly how it should be. I, and I think it, it, it writes a lot of my perceived wrongs about Spectre and the fact that Madeline Swan is actually interesting now. They actually give her a character. Yes, yes. Should we we have to talk about the sort of big surprises, don't we? Because it's Hugh Dennis is a scientist. That really took me out of the movie. I tell that that wrong footed me, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I was like, what the what's Hugh Dennis? What's he doing there? Yeah, yeah, that was just a random fucking cameo that yeah, very odd. But cool. So Madeline Swan, Dr. Madeline Swan, sorry, I don't want to uh remove the title from her. She was pregnant. And she's had a kid. We don't find that out until much later in the movie. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, I'm I'm working backwards from that. Okay. Because because it it's one of those things where it kind of ties into my whole point about Bond not just being like a cipher for what's cool and popular and everything, and it's more what they've done with Craig and made him more of a character. He's gone definitely got more into his psyche. Well, yeah, exactly, and and making him an unwitting parent hmm. for a kid who ha- definitely has his eyes. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean give the them back that, at some point. Yeah. Wow. You can tell you're a dad. That's such <laughs> a dad joke. That that's a that's an interesting twist because you never think of Bond being tied down with family. You never think that sort of thing because he can't be because he can't be rooted in one place because of his job. Because then shit will happen to him like it does at the beginning of the movie. You know, that's the dangers of working in the sort of killing business and having a family at the same time. You can't really do both. I should know. That's why I'm currently unattached, because my job is just too sexy and dangerous. Dunna. Rob, can you stop fucking stonewalling me? How about that? How about that for a fucking... <sighs> Every time, every you time. You said any opinion I have on this film is wrong, or any Bond film is wrong, because you're the Bond expert, and that you should try and talk over as much as possible. So when I give you the space to have, when did I say that? And go, you've implied it, and go off in your little tangents <laughs> and your little rants. Then all of a sudden, it's stonewalling you, and it could just be seen as letting you speak. Yeah, I don't think it is. You just want to stonewall me. You just want me to hang myself with my own words. And I'd read a load me... of discussion points in order of the plot, and you just jumped all over it. Okay, go on then. I didn't realise you'd made some some geeky little notes. I thought since it was in the cinema, you know, and whatever, I wasn't going to make notes. It was just, it was like a thing. But go on, I, please. Genuinely, I want to hear these points. I did, didn't want to jump all over it. So please, proceed. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, in the returning characters, you've got Felix Leiter. Yeah. who catches up with Bond, who's retired in Jamaica, trying to get him to come back into the game. At the same time, is the new 007, played by Lushana Lynch. Mm. So, what did you think of that? Well, I mean, firstly, Felix Leiter. That's cool. It was a shame he wasn't Inspector. I'm glad he's in this one. Apparently he just wasn't yeah. asked to be Inspector. Yeah, he said he was surprised. Yeah. I was, I mean... you, not to me. <laughs> yeah, when I caught up with him. I said, Jeff, mate, why weren't you inspector? And he said, oh. Um, yeah, that, that seems seems odd to me that he wasn't asked to be inspector, considering he's so good. Um, and he continues to be good here. I, yeah. I yeah, he's he's one of the uh he's one of the best sort of well, he's the best Felix Leiter, full stop for me. He's he's fantastic. The house in Jamaica, that's Ian Fleming's house. That's Goldeneye. Yes, yeah. I, I wondered if that was the case. Yes. Yeah. I like Bond's little eco shower. Yes. Yeah, that does look fun. It looks like a, a shampoo advert, but yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. So, yeah, and the, yeah, the new double seven. So, I, I like the fact that, I mean, obviously, he's he's retired, so... The number would have been moved on. Although, I did like <laughs> the thing where she said about, do you think they'd, uh, did you think they'd retire the number? Yeah. And Lashana Lynch, she's great. She's mm. really good. She's I like I like the sort of almost immediate vocal sparring that they have. But they're not adversaries. No, so she's and, not an antagonist. And that's that's the best thing is the fact that you know she's clearly she's good at picking people up. And I don't mean that to sound horrible. That sounds like I'm making some some kind of nasty insinuations. That's not true. What I mean is that she's clearly very competent at her job and so she, you know she picks bond up and and whatever and, and i like her taking off her her wig <laughs> and uh and bond saying that's not the first item i thought you'd take off but yeah when when it's all revealed and she's 007 and everything yeah it it is that sort of there's tension there but it's not 
they don't go the route of making the new 007 an arsehole. Yeah, and they also don't go the route of making him incredible, of making Bond jealous that there's a new 007. He's just like, all right, who's the number? Yeah, yeah, he's kind of fine with it. It's just yeah. she's clearly having fun with him, and he kind of responds in kind as well about the whole number. But she does realize it's more symbolic. But yeah, no, she's she's fantastic. Yeah, she's so so good, and I could have seen way more of her. And I, I, it's interesting that the sort of that that sort of te- the text in the fact that they're just like okay you know mi6 has moved on from bond now so we've gone as far the other ways we can have so we've got a black woman and you know that's that's that and i like the fact that she's on her own actual mission when bond's doing his sort of like make it up as i go along but still get to the point kind of thing at the same yeah. time i i definitely think a lot of uh the the much touted Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think her a lot of her lines sort of had that sort of feeling to them. That sort of flea bag type kind of witty one-liners. There was a lot of like actual kind of neat humour in this. Yeah, it, uh, it does have uh, one, I think one of the greatest uh, I guess kiss-off lines to, to sort of killing a henchman. Eat shit, fuck pig. No? Is that a different one? What's, what's what? What is the one? Um, so the I guess the traditional Bond disfigured henchman is somebody who has a cybernetic eye. Yes. And the what? Uh, I guess the only gadget he has from Bond has from Q is a is a watch with an electromagnetic pulse. So yeah. at, at the end when they're fighting, he um yeah Bond turns the uh, turns the pulse on his watch and fries the guy's eye and it explodes in his head. And he's uh, on the phone to Q. He says, oh, "I showed someone your watch. It blew his mind." Yeah, I like that. I thought that was great. And I think Q definitely got a lot more to do. Yeah, I thought Q. I'm not sure Money Penny did in this one. No, I thought she I was, more to do Inspector. I was just thinking that, like Money Penny, she's she's there, and you yeah, know yeah. she's. No, well, Naomi she's Harris there, is kind brilliant. of acting on her own, um, on her own initiative as well. Um, that because. M now Mallory is is clearly up to something, and so mm. she kind of, even though Bond is no longer, well, is no longer in 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 service, sort of gives him hints and gives him yeah assistance, yeah, and encourages Q to do the same. I love it when they all turn up at Q's flat. Yes, yes, he's preparing for a date, and yeah, and he's never nine to five, and yeah, and he's got his cats. Yes, he said something yeah. about you know this come with fur. Oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> or something like that, which is amazing. That's such a great joke. I thought M was kind of out of character because, I mean, this because a lot of the the plot of Spectre, if M's part in Spectre is C played by Andrew Scott, is trying to instill a new a, a new international security surveillance mm. uh, system, which Mallory doesn't want to go ahead with because he thinks it's it's a step too far. Yet he's back to this really shady um, in 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 no time to die. Back to this really shady uh, sort of nanobot virus technology, which is what's been stolen and that everyone's trying to find. It yeah. kind of felt quite out of character based on what we already knew of him. Yeah, but I think I think the the idea. I mean, yeah, and I I agree, but I think the idea is that 
things really have moved on since Bond left, and Mallory has got more and more stressed. He's drinking more. Yeah, yeah, that is called up at one point. He, it, you know, it, it, it reminded me of the sort of smallpox in the fridge somewhere, you know, just, just in case we need it, hmm. rather than anything else. But yeah, I mean, a bioweapon. I can, I can see why this was definitely COVID delayed. I think yes, yes. As soon as they started talking about that, I think I think I, I wondered if that's why it was delayed, not because of because um, you know Tenet came out. Uh, I, yeah, I wonder, yeah, because of the virus, I, I think and particularly when it's like a virus famous. that will target you can target specific populations as well. Yeah, I mean, the only th- the only thing is, sorry, we, we need to go back to your ordered list. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. jumped around again, so please continue. Um, so you got they go to Cuba. Yes, and you got Anna Arnas as Agent oh. Paloma, who was fantastic, and they, I really wish was in it for longer. Yeah, I did think a... she was going to come back into it, actually because she gives Bond the cigar case, and I did wonder if it was going to sort of be of some sort of benefit. Yeah, no, yeah, she was she was kind of charismatic, bubbly, mm, nervous. Yeah, she was she was lovely. I would I would watch an entire film based around her as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she kicks ass, and it was a nice little Knives Out reunion. Yes, yeah. Apparently, Daniel Craig insisted she was in it because of Knives Out. Yeah, well, she's fantastic in Knives Out as mm-hmm. well. She's just brilliant. But I'm I'm glad she got you yeah, because obviously in Knives Out she's very dressed down and everything. That's the point. Whereas this, she's all glammed up to the nines, and she's got that sort of like dress, which I think only a few straps are holding it on. It's ridiculous when she's doing high kicks and stuff. It, I, and I'm not being pervy here. I was going to say, do, do you need a minute, mate? No, 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 no. I'm just saying that it's, you know, it stayed on. Good, good for well, I like, the, I like that because when they're introduced, she's meant to be this kind of. Well, she says she's had three weeks training, and you know, you're meant to think that that she's in way over her head. Yet when it all kicks off, she's, you know, as competent as Bond, if not yeah. more so. She's a badass. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I just keep thinking. I keep thinking of that that thing where she's kind of got one of them and and high kicks the other one in the face in heels. Yeah, I mean, damn. Yeah, she was she was brilliant. And it was a shame that, particularly given what happens with Felix, it was a shame that she didn't come back into it. Yes, I I was hoping for a kind of like, oh, I know someone type deal. But uh, but I'm I'm glad she was in it for a bit. I'm glad she got to be an official Bond woman. Hmm. Um, you know, good for her. She's she's fantastic. Go on, carry on. I'm trying to be organised now. I'm trying to go back to the regimented list. Uh, and next on my list was talking about Mallory, and it was kind of out of character. I'd like to shout out Rory Kinnear because I feel like we haven't. Yeah, he's uh, I, a, yeah, a dependable Hannah's presence, brilliant. I think. Yeah, and he he gets some he gets some great lines over the uh, movies, hmm. and yeah, he he always looks a little bit downtrodden. I don't know why. I kind of want to give him a hug. Maybe that's just that's just me. I wonder if he's kind of meant to be the same person that Tobias Menzies was in Casino Royale, that kind of assistant to M. Quite possibly. Or a similar character. But yeah, no, yes, we we didn't give him a shout out and uh, it is absolutely right to give him a shout out this time. He's great and dependable. A dependable presence. So, yes, that's good. See, that's good. See, I would have forgotten about him, and and that's no disser- Well, that would have been a disservice to him. So, back to the, the list is a good idea. So it's, it's working well. <sighs> Honestly, what? 
So as soon as I go back to a fishing boat with Felix, I figured where it was going to go for him. Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk about how much of a cunt Billy Magnuson is? I don't think I've ever been as pleased uh, as like a sort of a villain being off in this film, but there's <laughs> in a film, but there's two in this that I was absolutely delighted <laughs> by, and neither of them was um, uh, was Rami Malek. Yes, yeah, Billy Magnuson. I mean, he does a hell of a job. I mean, he's irritating for when he just turned up as this sort of like new. Well, I, uh, I liked I liked him being referred to as Book of Mormon. Yeah, what's his character name? It's it's not Billy Billy Magnuson. Is, huh? Is it something like Logan or something like that? I believe it is actually. Yeah, you don't trust him from the off because he's he's no. he's too clean cut. He's he's there's he, something he's, off about him. I guess he's kind of a bit like uh, I guess spoilers for um, Mission Impossible Fallout. He's sort of similar to the Henry Cavill role that he's kind of the the straight laced one observing the kind of the more uh, roguish spy game. Mm. Yeah, Logan Ash. Okay, is his name because that is kind of like a, a trope of these films where. There's somebody, well, like you said, you might at times they're trying to shut down the double O program. Yeah. And someone's always one round in the end. And, you, you know, you think it would go this way, but no, he's just, ugh. Yeah, he, he's, a he's proper, the worst. He's a proper oily little twat, isn't he? I'm and, so glad he got squashed by a car. And the, yeah, and the fact that he killed Felix Leiter. I mean, yeah. Jesus, that's that's like doing something equally bad that i can't think of right now <laughs> but you know that's bad that's really bad felix is awesome yeah and i mean how many how many times has bond had to watch someone he he genuinely loved float away in the water dead oh uh, yeah yeah i mean god damn so yeah that that was definitely yeah i i i hated him I was like, oh, he needs he needs to come to a sticky end, and he does. Thank fuck. Yeah, squishy end. I mean, we are running out of things on the list. Cause, oh, are we? Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that action sequence because I think it's the best one in the movie. The the one in the Norwegian forest. So this is after Bond has found Madeline and um, uh, her daughter, who Madeline tells him is not his. Yes, and it's. All... I do like Bond's idea of parenthood. He's like, she wakes him up and says she wants breakfast, and he gives her an apple, and then says, "Is it good? It's, it's an apple." <laughs> yeah, but th- that's it. <laughs> it's just like he doesn't know what to do. No, why would he? I would say the minute a sort of a child is introduced to film like this, my stress levels just shoot up. Yes, well, that's that's something you have that I don't. I mean, not that I want any harm to come to the kid or anything. It's not as if I'm. No, I have, I have noticed, and not to make, not to be on you know, as a parent, but because um, yeah, that's the worst. Um, yeah, but, but I think it, it, that is it, a provable thing. I have found that so, yeah, it does really sort of anything like this now really does stress me out. Yeah, um, particularly is like the, the toy that the um uh the the the. the the girl has is very similar to one of the ones that one of my kids has and so sort of the, the the name she has is very similar to one of the ones that they give yeah who's um oh really yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> so yeah it's just yeah really strange so you were you were tense the entire yeah. time after that oh wow yeah so so you have the sequence and, and he he kind of holds them up somewhere and then he kind of uses gunfire to sort of draw them out and it's a really atmospheric fantastically shot sequence you could tell the director of true detective uh at least the first season um well it's an environment i don't think we've really seen him in you know we've seen him in like sort of cities and deserts and um sort of mediterranean places but like a dense forest yeah 
and I I loved how sort of scrappy it was, mm. and and you know it felt genuinely dangerous. Mm. And yeah, and when when old uh, Logan Ash is oh oh no, he's injured and he's on the floor, and there's a heavy heavy Land Rover or Range Rover going to land on him, and oh. I, mean, I was tense the entire time. I just didn't want it to happen. I was glad he that Bond didn't leave him. I was glad he encouraged the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, because he says about brother, and he said, I had a brother. His name was Felix Leiter. And I was like, fuck you. Let's kick that motherfucking car. <laughs> and he did. And, uh, and yeah. Speaking of brothers, um, yes. Christopher Fultz uh, comes back to be Hannibal Lecter. He, yeah. Yeah. In a, in a very elaborate prison cell. Yeah. But, you know. That's fine. Yeah, it would have been fine. Again, they you know they call each other brother, but in cuckoo, but in, uh... yeah, Spectre sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> it doesn't suck, but that oh, bit does. Sh- oh, okay, fine, fine. Yeah, so they have that, and uh, yeah, I mean, he got to be a bit more interesting and menacing, but I, I think, I think it's just going to, uh, at least for me, going to go down as a as a missed opportunity. Yeah. Because they, and I, I do genuinely think it is because of the sort of getting the rights back when they did. I think had they not, then it would have been Mister White and Quantum would have been the organisation, and that would have been fine. But because they got the rights back to use Spectre, I think it was, I think it was because the Thunderball book reverted back to uh, Barbara. Broccoli. Oh, the, yeah, the, the the legal dispute around yeah. Thunderball is is insane. Yeah, but I think because that was largely resolved ahead of Spectre, that's why. You know, yeah, they suddenly put it in, and that's why they could use Blofeld again. And it just felt like they did because they could, not because it fitted the story. Yeah, and they could get someone like Christoph Waltz, who's you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, normally made awesome. Um, I mean, they 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 get rid of Spectre pretty quickly in this. Yeah, I I found that sort of interesting. I mean, because clearly, uh, for reasons we'll get into, they they they're going to go for a uh, an extra sketch kind of thing, and and. It's all. It's going to be all new, all different. To borrow the Marvel vernacular, but like that was, I I thought that was a little bit of a shame that all of Spectre just fucking died, except the guy with the eye. I don't. I don't quite understand how he. Or without the eye, uh, I don't quite understand how he survived. He because it was coded to their DNA, so it just it's it just specifically picked them off. Yeah, the guy with the the, the eye or not with the eye wasn't wasn't in the thing i don't know we're, we're dealing with sort of nanobots and dna targeting and stuff it's all mm. it's all kind of barely plausible as it is i mean i know nanobots are a real thing and i know dna is a thing inside us thanks to jurassic park i yeah i i, I think i think it's just one of those things that you go ah oh, fine because they did feel like a more classic bond plot you know a, a bioweapon to just take out the people they want to and leave the rest unharmed that sort of weird sort of nobility almost that that they were going to leave people alive it wasn't just kill everyone it was just to kill the people we don't like a little bit of a shame that spectre sort of after all that after the literally film of builder well yeah but like after all the fucking awkward maneuvering in order to get spectre here yeah. they're all done with like it just it, what he's was... very much you know Spectre died on the way back to his home planet. Yeah, I know, I know. Just like I, I, and it's not as if I wanted them to like properly continue, but it just again, it feels like a wasted opportunity to me. It it, it does feel like 
it should have been better than it was. And I understand why they would get rid of them for this movie because you, you kind of don't leave any loose ends and that's fine. But, uh, and I suppose, you know, the tidying up, it, it couldn't be as neat as some other things. So, you know, getting rid of Blofeld, it's not, it, it, yeah, it, it was, it kind of had to happen. Well, I guess it also had to happen to show that, because then you've got the, the seeding of the, the nanobots. Once once you've got them on you, you, they can't be removed, and that's it forever. Yeah, I I do want an explanation at some point. I'm sure there probably is a very smart scientific uh, explanation, but I don't know why the EMP in his watch doesn't affect the nanobots. Yes, yeah. But again, I'm fine. I'm not a movie logic kind of... Well, I am a movie logic guy in the fact that I accept leaps of logic when it comes to certain things if it's done well enough maybe they're insulated against it or some bullshit i don't know yeah it did it did feel like kind of all bets were off in this one it like i genuinely didn't know what was going to happen and that that is it's been a long long time since i didn't know what was going to happen in a bond movie Mm. probably since casino royale yeah you know so so that's that's cool this I think some of the chances they take, especially with the ending, which we will talk about, this, this for a lot of Bond fans, because I've seen some of the reactions, it's going to be the last Jedi of the Bond movies. You said that because, you know, as I was mentioned at the beginning, you saw it before, like a week or so before I did. Yeah. And you said it sort of had quite a... Oh, last Jedi. Right. Okay. Sorry. When you said that, I thought you meant Rise of Skywalker. And I was trying to work out, watching it, I was like, what, what do you mean by... So, no, no, I, no. I didn't last see Link, Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, too good for the plebs who will watch it. <laughs> I occasionally lurk around maybe the James Bond subreddit and some other sites as well. You lurk around quite a lot of things. I do. And some people kind of were treating it as a bit of a betrayal. They felt betrayed by this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially the ending. Okay. Um, but again, we'll get to that. Uh, we haven't talked... We, we had all this time... We haven't talked about Remy Malik. Yeah, exactly. Mm. What what was your take on him? My take was he wasn't in it for that much. I think this film is far more about. I think possibly more so than uh, than possibly any any of them since Cinderella. This is more about Bond and what and who he is and what drives him and Mm. his relationship with um, with the Double O program and certainly with Madeline and with uh, uh, shoehorned in with um, Blofeld. Mm. For there really to be much of a connection with the, with with Rami Malek, I didn't quite understand what their motivation was. Or is, you know, we want to kill loads of people because I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why because Rami Malek was the person who rescued or who Madeline shot, and then he rescued her from under the ice, and now he has nanobots engineered specifically to target her, and then by extension her child. And I didn't quite understand that. Well, I mean, I didn't understand why he was still fixated on her, and it was weird. Well, because he's clearly a Fruit Loop. I mean, this is the this is the thing. Like, it, it's it's the fact that he's insane in the membrane. I think the the, the two best villains of Daniel Craig's tenure are Silver and Lashif. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he's kind of around the Blofeld type. You know, he's not as forgetful as uh, Green. Um, yeah, but I, I think the film. The the film is good, so I think that will almost that, that makes him better. Nothing against Rami Malek; he's a he's a good a good actor. But I think in terms of the character, it's not. 
I don't think he's that memorable. I think it's the events around him are memorable. Yeah, it's hard to get a handle on him. I I like I like his sort of weird thing that he feels that him and Madeline have a bond because he decided to save a life instead of take one. Yeah. And I thought I thought the scene when he goes in for counseling, that whole scene was really creepy. And he and he did manage to be really creepy. It was uncertain because you just weren't sure what he was going to do, but then he didn't do anything. Yeah, and I, I and I don't mean that in a bad way because you know sometimes kind of going mental and killing a guard or you know one of your own men. I know that's a cliche that you love. Um, right, you know, <laughs> killing one of your own men while in a car going down some steps. I mean, Jesus. Past the Hollywood sign, which is actually a Hollywood Latin sign. <laughs> it was understated, perhaps too understated for the movie because that yeah, Bond has a lot of personal drama going on. But I, I liked him, and, and I certainly didn't feel that that the kid was safe in his... Oh, absolutely not. Yes, oh, that yeah. was... Because yeah. uh, the poison garden thing, because he has that sort of... He has a classic villain complex, doesn't he? Yeah. I thought they were going to have a horrible reveal that he was Dr. No or something. I thought they were going to do it, yeah. you know, and, and the, the sort of base that he had sort of was a bit reminiscent of that, and I was like, oh, God, no. The poison garden thing that uh, he has, that is an idea from You Only Live Twice, the book. Okay. So, you know, it, it was cool to see that those sort of elements kind of woven in. But, yeah, it's it. he's got a cool look. The the As I said, the mask is really cool. And I think that he is, he's interesting. They'd like, But they just, I, I just didn't get a bead on him, really. I just, I just couldn't, couldn't quite, like... Silver was a bit more just just kind of flamboyant in his evil, wasn't he? He was and, just and you could kind of see his point to an extent that he had been betrayed by uh, by M. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's it. Whereas, whereas I'm not not quite sure where Safin's coming from with this. That I think the plan, the actual plan, because that's what the uh, doctor says, is the fact that they mentioned that maybe it's some kind of like it, it's going to be used for some sort of maybe white supremacist kind of deal or taking really out races it. he said it could be programmed to take out entire races yeah and then you have a very significant shot of no meat well he threatens that the the, the the scientist uh threatens her when she's got him i think at gunpoint towards yeah. the end yeah he well, says that's... well you know i can take out your entire race Oh, and does then, he say your entire race? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, so so this was then. This was my other favorite. Oh, uh, yes, which is a weird thing to say. So she, as he says that, she kicks him into the into the sort of the acid, the the, the poison, yeah. uh, the acid, and that was kind of quite deserved. I thought. Yes, yes. I'm fa I'm fairly sure that's what he said. It it, it was something like that. It was I, no, I think that uh, I think I think he said it sort of twice. I think he kind of implied it when they're in the lab, and then when it's all kicking off. And he's panicking. He oh, he makes it a more pointed. I kind think of thing. so. I think so. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a vague, vagueish plan. I, it, it's going to do bad things. We know that it's going to do bad things, and it's in it's in missiles ready to be shot all over the world, and it's going to kill a significant portion of the population. So that's that's that. That's that's fine. Well, I mean, it's not fine. It's bad. And Bond and and uh, no, we have to stop it. But. I think that 
a little bit of maybe tightening of the actual plan and and a little bit more time with Safin because because Rami Malek is brilliant and he yeah. is and and it is I think the performance is just a little bit too subtle for the movie I because they just don't even though it's got a huge runtime they they're just packing all this other stuff in it's a little bit overstuffed and and sort of Safin falls by the wayside and I think partly that is the point because as you said it is more of a, a bond story it's about bonds rather than you know the the sort of villain but i i don't know with with the whole thing of like oh we've got rami malek and and you know this is this is it and he plays a real kind of twisted individual called safin you kind of just you just kind of hope that it's going to be one of those kind of big performances and if you can't go big in a bond movie when can you hmm so, oh, I, don't, so, I don't think it's particularly bad, but you know, as a it's, no, it's not the, bad. As I said, with the cast good. at the beginning, like there's so many returning characters that mm. I think have, you know serves quite well. Yeah, in, in, in the in the main part, that yeah. Well, I tell you what, the sort of the negative reactions I've seen to this movie, uh, nearly all of them mentioned the word woke. So okay. you're just like, okay, well, we can dismiss the shit out of that then. I remember some guy was angry that, you know, that Nomi got some kind of lines and made Bond look like a fool because they're obsessed with this kind of weird point scoring that, that apparently happens. I mean, the, these were the I mean, same to be fair, of... this film was, I think, I think this was filmed before everybody became obsessed with work. Well, it's just, it's the latest catch-all thing. It, it, mm. it's, it's such a useful phrase for idiots because uh, they go, oh... Oh, it's just woke, and it what that means is it's something that I don't want to understand, and I don't have to clarify because it's sort of all of that over there that I don't like. It's another bullshit othering of of people. You know, we should all be coming together, and I don't mean that in like a hippie drum circle kind of way. I just mean in in terms of like actually looking out for each other. But we seem to be getting further and further apart, and this whole oh snowflakes and oh everyone's being too woke it's just like society's changing around you that's what's happening and you know it's it's a shame that you feel scared that society is getting away from you but that's going to happen you know anyway sorry just it, it just fucks me off it really does and they were talking about that and then one guy was was incensed at the implication that q was gay i don't think it was an implication he he was he's well, yeah, but but even yeah, well, he said he's on he's having a date with a man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but how does that affect him being the gadgets guy? Mm. How does that change his character in the slightest? Yeah, it doesn't. But people, they just they see it as like box ticking, just like oh, we've got a gay one in there now, so that's fine. And it's like, no, a, Q, Q is as awesome as he has been what you just got a glimpse into his personal life which has been sort of kept separate for the reason that you don't get to see their personal lives that often it's normally the role they're playing at work but he, he mentioned his cats is, before yeah he had he had but you know it, it's oh i i don't know i i just think these people need to uh grow the fuck up if i'm honest just just you know and stop stop lashing out at something that it doesn't even challenge them it's not even a challenging idea it's just oh i don't like this and it's in it's in my sort of comfort blanket series you know fuck them 
I'm going to cut all that out because I'm I'm angry now. And I don't want to be angry, but it but it has been I did notice actually in some of the press leading up to No Time to Die, a lot of things like The Express were calling it the woke Bond movie. Hmm. I think that was because of the uh, or the hiring of uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was sort of yeah, and and in a in you as the new 007, and there were people fucking choking on their gammon, um, <laughs> you know, at the very notion. Oh, it's the new 007. <laughs> I didn't um, know that the, the Peter Dinklage from uh, Infinity War was a review. <laughs> I was going for Boss Nass, either one. It was kind of set up in that light for quite a few people, so it 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 was going to meet, it was going to live down to expectations, wasn't it? In that way, but you know, as as I said, if people take against this, fine. I mean, whatever. But it, I I do think this is a this is a genuinely great Bond movie, and it takes some take some proper risks and we've danced around it long enough rob yes one thing i thought was interesting about this one was no 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 we've danced around it long enough that was that hans zimmer did the eating jelly snakes you're eating jelly snakes q he was eating jelly snakes (laughs) yeah there's a bit where he's okay so for those of you who don't know (laughs) which is most of you yeah rob's cinema snack of choice i was devastated they didn't have jelly snakes at this cinema yeah, he. But that's the thing. He's emotionally invested in jelly snakes. Yep. And Q already reminds me of Rob a bit, but the fact that he was on these computers and he had a bowl of jelly snakes and ate that, <laughs> it made me laugh in the cinema. And Rob, I've been waiting to tell you this as well. I hadn't noticed. My mum leaned across to me, nudged me, and said, "It's Rob." <laughs> So I've been waiting to tell you that for ages because oh, it's nice. a funny moment. Yeah. Oh, does, does your mum know about the jelly snakes? Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, because I told it for one of your birthdays, I bought you some jelly snakes oh, you did, yes, in yeah. a movie. So just yeah. as a, that was a as good a, birthday present. That was. Yeah, all the jelly snakes. Hmm. Yeah, and you had a lot, and then you said you got a lot of of sweets there, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could just maybe take some off your hands. You know. So so yes, I got you a bunch of jelly snakes. And uh, and so mum, that's kind of start. Mum remembers that sort of stuff. So uh, so yeah, the fact that Q was eating those and uh, mum leaned across my it's Rob. I, <laughs> it, f- it fucking killed me, dude. Like it was so funny. But yeah, Q's no, untouched. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, let's talk about the actual thing that we've been dancing around for ages. Well, I genuinely want to talk about the music before. We oh, okay, go on. Go on. Um, that is highly publicised. That Hans Zimmer was scoring this film. Which, which I don't think they they've really announced the who, who's doing the sort of music beforehand, it, it, with as much fanfare. Um, no. And well, this is why he didn't score Tenet. Right. I believe because I think he tends to score most of Christopher Nolan's films, but he couldn't mm. score Tenet because he was doing this. The but the soundtrack is is, I think it's really good. There were moments of it that really reminded me of Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Um, I know it is a Hans Zimmer, a Hans Zimmer film, so obviously he does have a, a certain style for the most part. Which, you know, I, I think Dark Knight Rises has the best score of the, the Batman trilogy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the music in this was really good. I, I quite liked um, during the initial Science Laboratory raid. He's the, the sort of, he's got the, the, the sort of the warm, the, the sort of the classic Zimmer sound to um, mm. the, the the sort of the, the James Bond, I guess, drum beat. Yeah. 
But no, I th- I th- yeah, I, th- I did think the soundtrack was good. It did remind me of the Titan Rises in places, but I, a... I'm ashamed to say, I didn't really notice it much. Okay, I thought it really stood out for me more than the other Craig films. Oh, that's Maybe it was less like, I mean, there was less of a ton of um, the B- B- Billy Eilish song throughout it, it, less so than there was with um, Skyfall and uh, Rings on the Wall in their respective films. Yeah, and there was less of it in the score. There were at key points they had sort of the piano, at least to you know my initial memory of it yeah i'll have to listen to it in isolation and and kind of see that's without the film not just in solitary on my own in the dark room somewhere but like i'd listen to it and I'd actually see see what i actually think because i mean yeah i was kind of just caught up in the story so i wasn't i obviously i was aware there was music happening <laughs> but it, it's it's the whole thing it just adds to it doesn't it, it mm. you're not you know i wasn't and you you have more of a an interest in movie soundtracks than i do I mean, I love them, but you you kind of tend to that seems to be a thing that you properly listen out for, uh, whereas I won't until it's like really obvious, and then I go, oh yeah, that's great. No, I, I'll 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 give it a listen. So you you actually rate it? Yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Yeah, cool. I think it's one cool. of the better scores. Oh, um, of of the Daniel Craig bonds. Um, I do think it's least it's possibly the least like the the, the theme song. Um, but then I do think in places it's quite dark ninety, dark night mm. places, mm. which is no bad thing. Anyway, yes, dancing around the uh, dancey, dancey, dance. Here we go. Well, I will say at this point, I had the ending spoiled for me. Not, yeah. not as, um, not kind of overtly. This is what happens. It was more of a sort of a comment about changing directors and that Danny Boyle got his wish. Um, so I kind of went into it knowing what would happen. Well, n- knowing kind of where it would go. But it did kind of give everything like a kind of, um, I guess, grim finality. Watching it, yeah, inevitability. Yeah, and you certainly get that from the from the the last scene for sure. But yeah, so so Safin uh, manages to scratch Bond, I think, with the well, he's had a when he met Madeline in uh, in her office, he mm. took one of her hairs, yes, and then engineered the nanobots to specifically target her yeah but i couldn't remember it, i couldn't remember if it was like a, a an injection or whatever but if i remember correctly it was just the vase and he, he scratched he smashed bond it against him. his face yeah yeah and so bond is infected with the with the nanobots and as we know nanobots are for life not just for christmas and they'll target anyone with the same dna so that's madeline and her daughter yeah and bond's daughter yeah which means he can never touch them yeah, he can never be close to them. He can never touch them. I mean, it's it, yeah, and and instead, Bond chooses to die. But well, he had a, to, he had to go back and open the the blast doors to yeah to, to yeah he the, did. The but but he was kind of there was no attempt after that. He was like, right, this is it. Yeah, so he he's left with very few options, and uh, but he chooses to actually face his death. And you have uh, the the Royal Navy fire a load of missiles and. It wipes out the island with Bond on it, hmm. and Bond is dead. I was surprised that there was no kind of wiggle room. That there was no sort of again, just just go back to Dark Knight Rises. There was no sort of cafe at the end, or there was no spin yeah. at the top at the end of Inception. There was no kind of ooh, is he? It was a kind of yeah, it's yeah. Done. He's 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 definitely dead. Yeah, I mean I, that's the first time Bond has properly died. Hmm in these in these movies and that's what a lot of people were 
sort of reacting against. Someone said it was like a knife in their heart. <laughs> and, you know, I just... I mean, the thing is, they were always going to reboot it after Craig anyway. Yeah, so it's nice it had a definitive... It's nice that it tells a... a yeah. Episode That's one, the thing. episode five. It's a story and it's done. And there's no kind of spin-off. There's no... Yeah, it was brave, I think. For sure. And I, I think... I don't think they're ever going to stop making Bond movies. No, no. He said at the end, Bond will return. Yeah. So, and, you know, if if suddenly he's kind of all crispy and, and bloodied and he's floating on a bit of debris in the water or whatever and they find him... And, and he says something like, sorry, I've been on strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then then I'm going to lose all respect for... I, you've got to you got to reboot it again because the thing is, this isn't exactly new for the franchise. The franchise has always kind of had that sort of soft reboot anyway. It it's almost been Doctor Who in that. Yeah, it just pretended that it was the same Bond, and they they had they had like some uh, allusions to it before. Like uh, I can't remember. Roger Moore says something like, "This never happened to the other guy, didn't he?" No, that was George Lazenby. Lazenby. Oh, I was. I'm sorry. Yeah, they they go through all the all the they. I think they decided to to sort of uh, kind of face the the uh, the Connery controversy head on. So they have they have him picking up stuff from all the previous missions with the the kind of bits of musical score for Doctor No and Frasher Love and all that. And then yeah, this never happened to the other fella. Oh, George, <laughs> what? Was a baffling decision that one. But you know, you had. On a Magic Secret Service seemed to kind of carry on because then you had Tracy and Tracy Bond then and you have I can't remember the beginning of what Roger Moore Bond movie, but you have him visiting Tracy's grave. So so they did have some sort of vague continuity with that sort of deal, but not really. I mean there's so, been theories before that it's kind of been like a code name as well, that Bond yeah. is, is just the name of a I that hate that theory. But I guess Skyfall did away with that by having it at his um you know at his parents' home and you see the graves that they were always bond. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've never liked that theory. It it just because it, it I think I've I've think I've said this before, but I think we've been trained to think in continuity terms, thanks to Marvel movies and, and all that, and, and we want everything to link up nicely. Everyone was sort of trying to kind of put that on the x-men movies for a while i remember once you you said that um there was there was an idea that casino oil and quantum Solace are the first two and then the other 20 odd films happen and then skyfall happens because and that's why he's sort of over the hill at the beginning of skyfall yeah yeah that was just a theory that wasn't my theory that was just a theory i never said it's your theory calm down well, I just don't want to come across as an idiot. I've I've never I've never thought of them as part of one continuity. They they pay lip service to the other stuff, but the trouble is with that. I mean, Ben Wisher has said that he was contracted to three films as Q, and he's done his three films as Q. Um, mm. I'd like to see Ralph Fiennes as as M. I think um, I think he was great, and they carried on Judy then, so it'd be nice if they could carry on him. Same mm. for Naomi Harris as Bunny Penny. The trouble is because they've had such a, you know, the the. This has been one Bond story from Casino Royale to No Time to Die. As, uh, you know, I'd like to see more of um, Shana Lynch and I'd like to see more of Anna Darmas, but they can't bring them into a to a future Bond film without them knowing that they knew Bond before. Mm. So unless they gave them their own films, which you know would be cool as well, they can't. 
you know, if, if they put Paloma back in to meet Bond, she's already met him. Yeah, I think I think you can just about get away with the sort of MI6 crew, but that's about it. Well, you couldn't you couldn't get away with um with Nomi because no. she was 007 and gave it back to 007. Yeah, you could get away with Money Penny and M though, and Tanner. Yeah, yeah. You noticed I'm mentioning Tanner a lot more now because I feel so guilty about before because he is brilliant. He is, yeah, 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 yeah. you know. I mean, but for the first time, I I don't know what they're going to do for the next one. I think it will go back to more individual. Um, to start, I wonder if it, if the reaction to this will be almost to take it back, at least maybe for the first one, back to the kind of Roger Moore type, more of a caper than the sort of the drama. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be more of a shared continuity thing. I'd... I think because they've that's had, popular with Marvel. I think they've had their sort of experiment with continuity and kind of like a an enclosed kind of thing. And and Daniel Craig got what most Bonds didn't get is a definitive beginning and ending. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pierce yeah, Brosnan yeah. just wasn't contracted for the next one. Hmm. You know, that was it. And it's it's a shame. So I think yeah, it, it probably I think they're not gonna go fully back to the sort of capering. But I, I think it's going to be a mix. I think it's going to be the same tone, but with a different bond. And you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, see what hmm. they bring to it. It's it's interesting. It's just like it's just like anything. It doesn't matter how many people play Bond. I like Bond. You know, it's it, it just and and what kind of flavor they bring to it. So who knows? This could be a whole new. Maybe I'll be calling you know actor X the best bond in you know five years time or whatever hmm. you know it it's it it's that sort of thing and and yeah it, it's like it does remind me of the last shadow and the fact that i was surprised by what happened and the bold choices they were taking i mean obviously let's not hope let's hope that bond doesn't have like a rise of skywalker kind of thing now where it just resets everything back to the status quo and fuck you for hoping otherwise that would be terrible yes yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Bond will always go on. Uh, it, it, he's not going to let a thing like death stop him. So yeah, just going to be maybe it's a multiverse of Bonds, and when one dies, another one wakes up somewhere. <laughs> so uh, Je- so Jeffy Wright is is actually the Watcher. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I do. Like I noted down, I uh, the thing I like the. Um, send off the mi6 crew give bond. i did yes yes I, I like that it wasn't kind of you know it wasn't the return of the king that there's so many goodbyes and stuff i like it. yeah. it's just a kind of simple and they had they yeah and the uh the quote mm. uh, the proper function of man is to live not to exist i shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them i shall use my time and i think that's a genuinely affecting quotation and, uh, no, they'd already had that bit of the when he was in Jamaica, where um, uh, Nomi said something about he wasn't, you know, he's existing rather than living or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. So they kind of they tie that off. Mm. It's I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. This is this, this is the one shame of doing this podcast now is yes. that I don't have a second viewing to yes. kind of get things. But I was I was excited to talk about it because mm. it is a great movie and. And obviously we were doing the Craig Bonds anyway, so it seems sort of weird to... Well, I was so excited to, uh, to talk about it. I told you what I f- thought about it after coming out of the cinema. I, I kind of wish I'd held it back for now. I can't, I, so I could have I, pretended I didn't like it. I, but no, I thought it was great. 
yeah, I was I was pretty sure that you were going to enjoy it. Well, there were jelly snakes in there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, it had more jelly snakes than any other previous Bond, so that was a a huge tick in the Rob column. So I can basically say that there's no that I am now in a Bond film because of the jelly snakes. I mean, let's not get ahead of yourself. <laughs> I also like the um, when Madeline's driving the the do- uh, their daughter, and she says, "I'm going to tell you about my uncle James Bond," and you get the uh, "We have all the time in the world" starts playing. Uh, yeah, that really got to me. That bit. Yeah, well, that's that's the song used in. Uh... On a Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, and it, and it's used at the beginning of this film. Yes, Well, when but... Daniel Craig says, we have all the time in the world. Yeah, the well, frame that's starts. the thing. Because that, that was a joke only means the bad things. That only means bad mm. things in Bond movies. Okay. That's like the, the oranges and the Godfather. Mm. That's it, Something bad is going to happen. So, yeah, no, that was, that was nice. Again, like, his legacy lives on. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and it's it, it genuinely emotional. I, I mm. actually... I felt a bit aggrieved coming out of the cinema, and mm. in a good way. Like I, I felt a bit shell shocked, a bit not as shell shocked as Bond. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I was grieving a little bit. Like I was not, I, you know, I wasn't ready for that, and and it was properly sad, and I, I was choked up for sure. So I'm glad it got to like, you know, human emotion. Mm. So yeah, no, I agree, and I think I think that is a, a a nice poetic way to end things. So I'm excited for what comes next. I I I do hope they've learned some of their lessons from the Craig tenure, uh, in 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 terms of what works and what doesn't, and and they sort of carry those lessons forward. But uh, yeah, I'm genuinely excited for the future. Thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't have franchise fatigue. I, I'm looking forward to more of them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Christ, I've never had franchise tea with Bond, but uh, but yeah, it's it's just like I'm I'm excited to see what a new team can do, and uh, you know, it's it. You can always count on 007. That's what they say. Always bet on Bond. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Um, so Rob. And I'm going to ask you to make the dif- difficult choice here and, and put your love of Jelly Slinks aside. <laughs> but what is your ranking for the Daniel Craig Bonds? How 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 do they stack up? And No Time to Die, I suppose, is going to be penciled in a little bit because we've both only seen it the once. So, okay. official ranking. So, <clears throat> yeah, in last place is Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. Followed by Sp- uh, Spectre, mm-hmm. although probably not as bad as you find it. <sighs> Third place. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's not pausing. That's just me kind of trying to think. <laughs> I thought you were being dramatic. No, pencil. You know, I'm just trying to th- think. With the, uh, I've only seen it once, and. I may I reserve the right to revisit my ranking at some point. Yeah, well that's why I kind of hedged and, it as well. And so I would put No Time to Die in at third at the moment, with the possibility of moving up to second on subsequent viewings. Yeah. Second is Skyfall and first is Casino Royale. Yeah, I'd agree with that, except obviously Spectre and Quantum of Solace are switched on mine. Really? 
I know. But here's wow. the thing. Here's the thing. Quantum of Solace is like fourth. And then there's a huge drop and everyone forgets about the list. And we just move into a sort of just like a void. Just devoid of all no, light, no, no, sound, no, no, and hope. No, no, no. And and here, in a puddle of cold piss, face no. down. No, 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 no. Is no. Spectre. No. Fuck that movie. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, in reverse. No, I mean, okay, Spectre is a bad Bond film. In in places, uh, well, in a lot of places, it's a fucking um, shit film all over me. I don't know why a, you're apologising for it. Were you involved a, in it? But there's a lot. Cars down steps, Mexico. Um, cast on steps. Yeah, Quantum Solace is just a bad film. No, yes. see, I'm, I'm, I'm actually. See, this, this is the thing. I think Quantum of Solace actually has the the stuff that it does right is so much better than the stuff that Spectre does right. I disagree. We should have another two hours on this. Yeah, but okay. Well, I'm, look, I'm not going to try and convince you. I'm, I'm happy with that because the the thing is, they end up at the same spot anyway. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is always the thing, so I don't have to try and convince you otherwise. But I would say that in terms of character work and everything, Quantum Solace is fucking leagues ahead of Spectre. But okay. that's an argument for another couple of hours. <laughs> so, so yes. So my ranking in reverse order: Spectre, Quantum Solace, No Time to Die is third, I'd, and I have the same sort of caveat. Yeah, um, it's just because Casino Royale and Skyfall are just so damn good. So which way around did you would you put those? Casino Royale is number one. Okay. Skyfall number two. It it's that's just yeah. I I Skyfall is, as I said, like the goldfinger of, of of Craig's kind of thing, but I don't think anything can take away from the sort of the impact of Casino Royale. Casino Royale is just so damn good. Mm. And and you know, I and those two films are genuinely exceptional. So Coming yeah. in third to those is, especially on a first viewing, yes, is a hell of an achievement. So you know, if for some reason you've been listening to all this and you haven't seen the movie and we've just spoiled it all for you, especially the part about the jelly snakes, then I'm saying that No Time to Die is definitely worth your time. If you like, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Casino Royale, and you liked Skyfall. This is the proper. I mean, it's a hell of a trilogy. If you just took out, yeah, I think, I think, what, Watching them again, I would skip out Quantum Solid Inspector. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's a fantastic capper to the mm. whole thing. I'm really, really pleased that it's good. So the official popcorn bucket bucket list of the Daniel Craig James Bond film is Casino Royale is in first, Sky, uh, Skyfall is second, No Time to Die is currently third, and in fifth is joined Quantum Solid Inspector. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening to our <laughs> first ever bonus episode and about a current in, re- in cinema release. Yeah. I mean, the bonus episode has been longer than most of our normal episodes. I know. Jesus Christ. Oh, God, so much editing. <laughs> so, yes. No, our first bonus episode. I hope you actually listen to it. Maybe on the way back from the cinema. It is if you live an hour and a half away from the cinema. Yeah. Or you can just, you know, whenever. It's cool. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Thank you very much to Lawrence Owen of Longcat Media for the theme music. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. Do-do. Do-do. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do.